Blog Talk Radio. All right. Sunday night, late night radio. What fun. Up this morning, looking for my shoes. Look behind the trunk, found the hesitation blues. Lordy, tell me how long. Lordy, tell me how long. Will I have to wait? Will I have to wait? Can I get you now? Can I get you now? Must I hesitate? check to um, a Jesus Christ superstar. I always do that too. I just no. forgot. I did not realize that. Uh, there's there's an alternate version to that song too. It's a uh, hamster fish 
superstar. Hamsters <laughs> and fishes know who you are. <laughs> you know what I wonder about though? About being about Easter? Here we are eating the butt end of a pig, a ham, and Jesus was Jewish. They don't eat pork, so isn't it kind of sacrilegious in a way? I mean, oh wow, you know. You know what? I I never thought of that. Wouldn't we be more eating pizza? Because I think pizza originated not so much for the Romans, but they took it from the Matos bread that was unrisen bread, and the, I think the ancient Israelites put olive oil on it, and then of course the Romans. Down, added that and took it back to Rome. So that was their basis for the start pizza, from what I read somewhere. Oh, wow. But wow, wow. we had rough eating pizza, you know. Tom, but, you're so, smart. Just wondering. Yeah, well, um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm speechless. Man. You know, you you've got a really good point. Um, we're we're gonna have to find somebody who's a theology major who can maybe help uh, find an answer or a solution to that one. Maybe not eat a butt end of a pig on Easter. You only know, eat pizza. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. That that always works. <laughs> you know. But the ham tastes so good. Well, yeah, I know, but you know, it's <laughs> a little bit on it. You know, you gotta have ham on a pizza, yeah. right? So. You, you know That's what? You know what? Uh, yeah, pepperoni or a day awesome, yeah. Canadian bacon and pineapple. Hey, I'm there. Yeah. yeah no, yes, no, no, I yeah. put pineapple on my oh, pizza. That's a, that's a cardinal sin. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, yeah. It is so delicious. Oh, that's okay. You can have that. <laughs> Well, to eat their own, that's all. You know know what a lot of people are doing right now due to Easter is uh, they're eating pretzels. Oh, okay. I thought thought my answer was going to be recovering from any drinking. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people, they eat eat warm, soft pretzels on Easter because Mm. they say that the pretzels look like praying hands. Well, I mean, not, not to mention, you know, not to mention, yeah. you get a nice good uh, cheddar cheese dip and you're good to go. So, yep, well, I agree oh, with you man. there. Now, now I want a pretzel. Those sound good. Oh, that's man. Too late for me. Yeah. It's 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time here now. So. Uh, yeah, that's right. You guys are three hours ahead of me. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's a cozy 807 here. All right, uh, a couple of show announcements to make. Uh, first of all, uh, we are we, – William is the guest. Did you know that, William? Cool. Cool. <laughs> all right, William, William's you're the, the guest, guest man. Uh, the reason why you're William is the, the guest <laughs> – he, He's well, a huge you, Titanic buff, and, uh, well, it's the, also not only is it Easter – but it's also the anniversary of the Titanic sinking. So William's got a lot of information on that. And if anybody wants to call in, feel free. It is a free-for-all. There's no schedule. Well, it's not a free-for-all because William is the guest. But William is also one of the hosts, so we're, we're going to have fun with William tonight. Okay, so if anybody wants to call in, 
Call in. Don't be scared. Even if you want to say Happy Easter, say Happy Easter. We're we're Let's all the number. Uh, the Should number is, the phone number to call in is 42, no, that's my number, hold on, 319-527-6082, that is the call in number if you want to call in and try to stump William in a Titanic question, trivia, give him a try, I bet you will fail, you will fail. I do have Hi. this much, and uh, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll be sure to get with uh, you and Nick to uh, for just you know for help distributing it. But you know, for tonight only, if you can actually stump me on a uh, Titanic question, and I'm going to clarify, as to be the actual ship, not the movie, you will win a prize. Everybody's like, man. No, that's not fair. It's got to be about the movie. Who reads yeah, anymore? I know. Prince is dead. Well, yeah, I know. That, that's what they say. But yet, uh, fortunately for us, our show is sponsored by a book publisher. That's sorry, right. We are sponsored by... On top of that floating piece of wreckage with Rose. You know. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're sponsored by a floating piece of wreckage with Rose. But I... I <laughs> We're doing with block benching books, though. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, honey bear. Snickerdoodle. Hi. Hey, Nick. How we doing? Hey, all right. Yeah, the black bedsheet actually uh, recently kind of feels like a floating piece of wreckage. But uh, it, it's not, though. I had, I had to do a lot this last month. So... <laughs> One of my missions in life is to, number one, this week, wrap up and pay for all royalties because it's been a long, it's been a long haul, and I haven't really had much time to, to, to vote to Black Bedsheet Books specifically. It's just like behind-the-scenes uh, life um, dilemmas and problems and things. Uh, so, uh, and also, once that's done, then I'm going to uh, work on spring releases. Uh, and and uh, get those because I'm dying to I'm dying to publish books. That's what I want to do. I hate all these distractions. We're ready for the new titles. Oh yeah, yep. yep. But first, we still have Raina Young's uh, um, Slasher Girl, <laughs> and then I have to do Poor Raina. But anyway, yeah. So that's that's lingering. That was supposed to come out in January. So that uh, is going to actually. Um, if uh, if all goes well this week, on next Francine and Friends, I'll be announcing its release. Yay! Oh, awesome! Yay! And then all oh, the new titles that will be coming out will be coming out probably the later part of this month, May, and and uh, and um, and beyond. Sweet! Woo! So, nice. We're, now we're now we're gonna hold you to that. So. Uh, Obviously, yeah. not too much pressure, but just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yesterday, yesterday I had uh, um, two long conversations with uh, Jill Gatsby, um, who is Larry Cohen's daughter, um, who directed It's Alive, God Told Me To, uh, Cue the Wing Serpent, the stuff, uh, and everything. And, um, and uh, 
because I wanted to uh, talk to her about her book that's been on again, off again. But uh, she didn't want to talk about books. She has this big idea about um, uh, some kind of a video platform to uh, promote uh, my authors and all things horror and stuff. And I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, wow, with all the stuff that she wants to do, have a stage like routine where people act out stuff and and all that. I just publish books. I just got to concentrate on publishing books. Um, All that sounds good and nice and fine and everything, but when it boils down to it, I'm a book publisher. That is that is true. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense right there. Still, it's very interesting talking to the daughter of Larry Cohen. She's talking about an orgy that Rick James had with his friends at her house once. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) That's always a conversation. She's got a lot of stories to tell. She's been through all kinds of stuff. Well, But anywho, yeah, I I don't know if her book will ever be published. She's not into publishing it now. She wants to do all all this other stuff. So, you know, God bless her. (laughs) And God bless the United States of America. <laughs> we're, we're, all we got to do is just wish her the best of luck and just wait and see what happens. And that's all. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, there should be some exciting announcements too when I finally announce new authors very soon. Cool. Next week, possibly. Yeah, next week, hopefully. Yeah. Oh yeah. Looking forward to it. Me too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we we got a couple we got a couple of show announcements. Uh, All right. Don't forget. Speaking of uh, God bless America, don't forget go to honestamish.com. Uh, get all your mustache beard needs at honestamish.com. If you don't have a mustache and beard, don't forget they also have body lotions, hand salves, uh, soaps, and everything. And remember. Use TalkingBeards, TalkingBeards.com to get 15% off of your order. Use the phrase word TalkingBeards, and that is from the great folks of Aaron D. Johnston, awesome sauce guy. There yeah, you said it, not it. me. <laughs> I it. was waiting for that, so oh, don't forget. Gosh. Yes, Aaron D. Johnston and uh, William torture me with that phrase because I hate that phrase. What phrase? I know a number that you hate, too, a telephone number. Don't you dare. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Don't forget, honestamish.com. Use the the code word. Talking beards. You get your 15% off. And us, I don't know if anybody has seen it, but Honest Amish has now got a NASCAR. Yep. yep. And it's beautiful. It's, Definitely can't go wrong with that. No. Nope. And also, if you feel like you uh, want to help, don't forget you got Tommy Hey Beam who is at the top of the show, which Nikki did such a good job. 
I did. Which one? Clicking on the Tom and Will, Will, uh, Will. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he made yeah, that, that ghost. That was movie. a lot of fun. Yeah, don't forget that, you know, that's Tommy Habib. He does have this great project that's going on. If you want to volunteer, maybe even send a donation, go to To the Rescue with Tommy Habib. What he does is he he rescues dogs that are at risk. He gives them a sanctuary, and he's finding them their forever homes. It's a great cause, you guys. Really, seriously, look into it. Okay. Any other any other announcements, guys? Nope. Taking a little nope. bit of a hiatus from Ryan over here. Yeah. <laughs> are we all are we are we all in food coma? Yeah, no, pretty much. I got a bit of a head. I think I got a <laughs> sinus thing going on. Oh, oh. Yeah. Okay, so well, let's compromise. Uh, three of us are, and one isn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally, I totally agree with that one. All right, William. Yes. Talk to us, man. What's going on with the Titanic? Yeah. Well, well. Didn't uh, thing. You boy, <laughs> yes, actually, you did, Dick. <laughs> this is, this is the anniversary of a thinking a short time ago. I was waiting it? for somebody yeah. to say, "Didn't it think?" Yeah, yeah. The, the, this week actually marked 110 years. So uh, I was gonna say that was 110 years. Yep. Wow. You know, but uh, just like it, you know, basically uh, what what it boils down to is the fact that, uh, far just given the fact of just how the circumstances behind the disaster and you know the ramifications of it. Um, you know, I always say that you know it sank from history, but it rose into legend within 24 hours of the disaster. Because uh, you know, here we are over a century later, and we're still talking about it. There's still movies getting made about it. Uh, even now, um, you know, Publishers Weekly still has it as number two as the most highly published subject matter in the United States, and. Uh, you know, it's just, it's still a part of our uh, everyday life. You know, and being a being a historian on the subject, I honestly have no complaints about that. <laughs> <laughs> why do you think what, it is what, such what? a? Why do you think it's been? Why are we so intrigued by? I know it's a dumb question. Why are we still so intrigued by the Titanic? I mean, I guess that's the ask, but what do you think, William? Well, why, is, why is that? You know, I, I'm, I mean. Yeah, that that's one of those answers uh it that uh, it depends on perspective okay for you know for example my you know the, the part that's always drawn me to the story have been um you know the, the people that were on board you know both in terms of the passengers as well as with the uh, crew members and you know in, in this case uh, if you look at it like say if you were looking at it from the filmmaking perspective you know, the ship sank in the course of two hours and 40 minutes. And you have that amount of time to determine exactly how you want to have the people react. And there were so many multiple reactions to that time frame and so many stories that popped up that, uh, you know, it, it just resonates with them. And, 
you know, on top of that, these a lot of times either these are just normal everyday people. So, I got two different questions. One, do you think Ismay Bruce Ismay got a bum rap on the on the you know his actions? And two, uh, somebody wrote it wasn't true that they kept the third and second class passengers separated down below, keeping them there to die um, until it was too late. Or before letting them up, is that our? I guess that's a twofold question. What do you? What do you? What are your answers to that? Well, uh, you know, to start with, in terms of uh, with uh, Bruce Ismay, and um, you know, fortunately for us, uh, his uh, his fifth cousin Clifford, uh, who's a very good friend of mine, um, recently just published his book of you know talking about his family member, and so this is a. You know, this is the first time in many generations the family has, you know, opened up their archives. And, but I can say this much. Um, yes, Bruce did get a very major bum rap. And what it boils down to, and, you know, I mean, we, we, we see it today even with the, uh, with the press of modern times too, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, what it boils down to predominantly is the fact that one of his biggest enemies you know, within his uh, line of business was none other than uh, William Randolph Hearst. Oh, okay. And, and so, you know, as soon as, uh, you know, Bruce's name came across as one of the survivors, nine times out of ten, it was a uh, newspaper owned by Hearst that started with everything from, uh, you know, he's a coward, um, he dressed up as a woman to escape, uh, he should die like the rest, and everything else. So the man was literally vilified almost four and a half days before even able to set on, set foot on land to defend himself. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when he well, finally did arrive. record with uh, getting one after people he didn't like or enemies in the past in other areas. Um, that's not that surprising. Oh, yeah. You know, and in a lot of ways, you you know, you just have to imagine just what you know how terrifying it would have been, you know, just to face that type of wrath. Because uh, you know, um, Ted, you know, if we were to follow the course of the timeline, uh, you know, tomorrow night is when the survivors would have arrived into New York City, and mm-hmm. you know, they had over thirty thousand people lined up at the docks. So, oh wow, you know, yeah. <laughs> You know, and, uh, and and you know, obviously, as, as soon as the uh, survivors set foot on land, they said that, you know, the whole area went from thirty thousand people and you know, sheer comp- chaos, pandemonium, everything else, to absolute dead silence. <laughs> you know, so wow. definitely must have been intimidating beyond belief. You know. I suppose yeah. in this day and age, it would have been a lot easier to dress up as a woman and and uh, get away on the boats. Well, more than likely, that that wouldn't surprise me, Eddie. That's for sure. Yeah. So, and uh, but to answer your, the second part of your question, Tom, um, no, what uh, what what actually it, it boiled down to was the most uh, simple of complicated issues of them all, and that's language barriers. So. Um, you know, there were 
you know, obviously each each class had their own specific area and things like that. And you know, and given the late hour, a lot of the public rooms were technically closed to begin with. So those were where you find the locked doors and things to that effect. But there were not really that many people inside of the public rooms at all, obviously. But mm-hmm. you know, when you know, were when they you have almost like they saw in the movie. No, that that was more uh, creative licensing. So okay, yeah. I mean, what it what it boils down to is the fact that you know, the, for the third class, there was almost uh, eight hundred third class passengers. Okay, mm-hmm. and for the for the eight hundred passengers, uh, White Star Line, Titanic in particular, had only two translators uh, that worked in that department, and they spoke either French or Italian. So even though you have a little bit of a small heads up, unfortunately for the rest of them, not as much. And we're looking at yeah. everything from, uh, you know, from the Middle East to China to Japan, Sweden, Turkey, Switzerland, Germany, Polish. <laughs> wow. Literally a full, a full representation of, of the world at its time. So. Hey, so right about one of the survivors was a Japanese guy who was told to get on the, one of the lifeboats. Yep, yeah, Matsubui Hasono. And uh, these days, his great-grandson is actually uh, their, uh, the leading uh, conductor for the uh, Tokyo Orchestra. So, mm. it was always interesting to see the uh, the ripple effects. Yeah. You know, now, uh, now, Nick, being a, a book publisher, I have I've got a fun, a fun little two little uh, tidbits for you. Okay, I like tidbits. They're crunchy and they've got the chocolate and the and and, and the uh, extra gluten center too. Caramel. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, no, um, one of the most famous passengers on board was. Uh, gentleman named uh, John Jacob Astor and one of the richest men in the United States. So, you know, per, um, but the thing that makes him really fascinating, you know, besides his involvement in the sinking and such, is the fact that in 1894, uh, he actually penned what uh, we would nowadays consider to be a, a science fiction book. And it's actually still available and in print. But uh, it's right up your alley, though. It's called uh, A Journey into Other Worlds. And and it's all about what he thought the year 2000 would look like. Ah, that's interesting. You know, so we're looking at everything from colonies on Mars and the flying cars that we were all promised and, you know, our – Elementary school science classes. <laughs> yes, I, I remember that. I remember that in elementary science classes, they said by the year 2000, it's going to be like the Jetsons. Yep. This is nothing like the Jetsons. We still have to cook our ham. We don't push a button. Yeah, but we do the have microwave. Uh, Alexa. <laughs> microwave. That, that, that is true. Or as I like to say, Echo, what's the weather? 
Just like that. <laughs> you know, we we should actually do a show where Echo's the guest. That would be different. Yeah. <laughs> so. Echo, you want to be uh, a guest on Currency and Friends? <laughs> oh, she just turned us down. Crap. Oh, she did. Oopsie. <laughs> so. But uh, yeah, you know, you, you got like I said, this, this is one of those subjects that you know I could go on for hours. But you know, feel feel free to ask any question you like, guys. Don't be afraid. Do you think the Titanic was a doomed ship from the start? That well, that's, well, that's a really good question. <laughs> um, no, I don't actually. Um, you know, I mean, it's it, that's one of those cases where. Um, you know the circumstances uh, for for the time frame, just you know, that's just something we never expected to you know, to even fathom happening. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, good. I mean, you know, the best example I could give you. This, this is one of the key factors involved in the sinking, and it comes as no surprise that it's one of the first things that they changed. But um, you know, for the most part. Uh, you know, shipbuilding never really anticipated the uh, industrial revolution to take place. So, you know, the uh, British Board of Trade, you know, was working off of material that was already uh, almost 14 years outdated. And they only figured that a ship was going to be built for about 10,000 tons. And if that's the case, then it's going to hold 20 lifeboats. But not by how many passengers, but more by how many uh, cubic foot the uh, ship is. So that seems like it doesn't work with the numbers, though. I mean, no, it doesn't. <laughs> you know, you know. So needless to say, oh. uh, you know, you know that that had been an ongoing thing all all the way through. So. Uh, you know, now what they did when Titanic and Olympic were built was they decided to bend the rules a little, in a manner of speaking. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you know, so they had, you know, they had the extra lifeboats, and then that was it. Because originally, you know, it was called for sixteen. Sixteen was the max, huh. but Olympic and Titanic sailed with twenty. Wow. And so. 20 lifeboats, that means technically now you've exceeded what the safety requirements are because it's in writing. <laughs> yeah. So, but unfortunately, we know what happens otherwise. <laughs> yeah. What about that nurse that sailed on all the, was on all three sister ships that survived all three times? I mean, oh boy, that's like touching fate, ain't it? Yeah. Unsealable Violet Jessica. Mary Brown. Molly, Molly Brown. Molly Brown. Oh, I was so close. No, it was a nurse. It was a nurse, not not the unsickable Molly Brown. But oh, you know what? Yeah, that... I was going to mention that because I saw a thing on YouTube the other day about, and it wasn't Molly Brown. It was a nurse that survived yeah. uh, two previous um, uh, catastrophes just like that, and she was on the Titanic and she survived that too, and it's like she was known as the. Um, the luckiest, unluckiest woman alive, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, Miss Unsinkable is her was her nickname. Um, yeah, her her name is Violet Jessup, and 
you know, what, 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 once again, being the being the avid readers that we all are, um, it took it took up until 1997, but her memoirs were finally published for the public, and mm. it is uh, it is literally a tell-all book. I mean, not only about what it's like to survive the ships, but you know, all the way down to. Uh, well, hold on a second. I don't need to go potty just yet, Tom, but I appreciate oh, the uh, sorry. recommendation. <laughs> sorry, it's my dog. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. She kind of looked at me hesitantly, and I've rather put my phone down. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about live radio, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. You know, but, uh, but yeah, her, her memoirs uh, finally were published in 97, and it's about as tell-all as it gets, both uh, in terms of surviving all three of the shipwrecks, but also as well, too, um, what it was like dealing with the passengers on a daily basis. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's, it, it's, a, it's a fun but interesting read all around. Hey, William, do you ever remember a show called One Step Beyond? You ever hear of it? Yeah, I, I sure do. Uh, in fact, I've got a few they of their episode uh, on a, on the Titanic. Yeah, uh, some people having premonitions and visions, or yeah, know, yeah, the, and dips thinking, and and even the gentleman uh, doing the painting of the ship thinking as well too, and yep. trying to convince it's his like wife. Like an ad agency and, guy. Yeah. Well, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, you know, I I thought that was a great episode, but, um, you know, out of some of the classic ones, I liked uh, the Time Tunnel because that was the first one. uh, That was the premiere episode. And also uh, there was one from uh, Night Gallery that Rod Serling did called The Lone Survivor. Lone Survivor, yeah. You know, and that had John Calicos from uh, the original Battlestar Galactica as well, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so that, that, I think that, that one was probably my all-time favorite, you know, because I'll, I'll admit, after I watched it the first time, I'm like, huh, what do you know? Baltar sank the ship. Go figure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, no, yeah, go, go, go ahead, Francis. Oh, I'm sorry. I actually forgot my question now. Oh, I, re- I, re- I remember now. The, how, okay, let's say the Titanic did not sink. Okay? Okay. Everybody was fine. Everybody got to America. Do you think it would have changed America? Well, I mean, that could go in, in, in either direction. I mean, you know, for one, the only reason that people know Titanic is exactly because it's sank. <laughs> so yeah, you know, it it probably would wouldn't you know it will it probably would have stayed in service for just a little bit longer, maybe maybe ten to twenty years, and then it would have been scrapped anyway. So, um, but other than that, um, it could have. I mean, some of the people could have definitely changed. Um, you know, I mean, you have. Uh, you know, Jacques Futrell, who actually was the best-selling author on board, uh, you know, I, I, I can definitely see probably at least a lot more future titles besides the one that was mm-hmm. released uh, posthumously from him. Yeah, or John Jacob Astor in business. Yep. 
you know. So, and then uh, now, you know, if we want to kind of slightly bring it onto the uh, political side, in a matter of speaking, uh, that would be uh, Archibald Butt, who was President Taft's military aide, and you know this this is this is just one of those stories that you know you read it and you, it's always unbelievable in a lot of ways, okay? Because um, you know for 1912, uh, you know they had Taft was in the middle of the uh, presidential elections as well too, and he was running against uh, Theodore Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. And the two of them were butting heads and everything else, and it was getting really, really ugly. Both, uh, you know, on the you know behind closed doors and even publicly. And in the midst of all this uh, stuff going on between the two of them, it, here's uh, Archibald Butt, who's actually friends with both people, both Roosevelt and Taft, huh. and and the stress was just driving him bonkers and uh, it finally got to a point where it was starting to take a toll on his health so mm-hmm. you know so Taft told him that uh, you know he should go take a vacation just get away from Washington and away from all the politics for a while so well, that's uh, interesting it take a toll on his health huh <laughs> yeah <laughs> so think about irony it is <laughs> you know so I mean uh you know, understandably, he he did not make make it through the voyage, but uh, you know, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened. You know, had he uh, survived and continued with his position, though. It was the ultimate vacation. Yeah, <laughs> indeed, it was. Did you think? Uh, I really couldn't wrote irony like that. Well, if, if you want to go for uh, for the mother of all irony, okay, okay, and uh, you know, and, and you know, this is this is something I actually only learned about uh, a few years back, and you know, once it was actually confirmed, it's one of the few times where if you were a fly on the wall, you would have been laughing because uh, you know I literally fell out of my chair because I was so stunned, but. You know, there's a gentleman named uh, Thomas Biles, and he was a mm-hmm. Catholic priest who was coming to uh, actually uh, officiate his brother's wedding. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, during the course of the voyage, uh, you know, he, he was doing his church duties for uh, everybody down in third class. So on the day of the sinking itself, 12 hours away from disaster, during the course of the Sunday service, he decided to deliver a sermon where he was calling for everybody to have a spiritual life belt to hold themselves up out of the troubled waters of modern society. Wow. Oh, wow. You know, and then, of course, wow. now we fast forward 12 hours later, and as we see in the movie, in the Cameron film, you know, he does stay on the deck, and he leads everybody in prayer as he goes under. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I, I wonder uh, um, he had a premonition. Yeah, I, I wonder if people utilized that, had their spiritual life belts on, if it saved them or not. 
I mean, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say this much. Um, well, maybe if we, maybe out. if they dressed like women, they that that would be their spiritual life belts. Oh, yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Sounds like they sink. Sounds like they sink. You know, of course, yeah. considering how many you know how many girdles, corsets, and everything else the women wore back then, I think I'll have to pass on that life belt offer. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a table. I'll float on it. Wood floats. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, might be cold for a know, while, but I'm gonna be out out of the water enough to survive. No, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the reason now, I mentioned uh, one step beyond was because the, they had a the story. The main story behind it was the woman had premonition. Uh, how was that? The only case of a woman who was sailing on it having a premonition about uh, being on a sinking, sunken ship, or was that true, or do you know, or um, that, that's actually very true. In fact, uh, that that was the mother to one of the survivors that I was friends with. Um, the survivor's okay. name is yeah. The survivor's name is Eva Hart, and uh, you know she every, every every single time that she would talk Titanic. You know, mm-hmm. she always started with that story. So, you know, you do what you were going to talk about as soon as she started with, my mother had a premonition. Oh, wow. And huh. so, yeah. And, wow. You know, and, and basically, you know, she, as she had, would explain about it, you know, her mother, Esther, you know, told everyone that, you know, to say a ship was unsinkable was flying in the face of God. That was going to be my so, next question. Do you think that kind of... Jinx, that, you know, because you know, I was wondering if that was could seem like it was a sacrilege to some, you know. Oh, there, there, there's a, there's a lot of stories that that popped up in terms of that part. Um, you know, like for example, you know, besides the premonition factor, if you were to take the uh, the hull number for the ship, you know, when it was uh, sitting in the uh, dock. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a legend that pops up that if you uh, if you write the numbers down if you look at it backwards like it was when it was reflected in the water then it would have mm-hmm. read no pope. Huh. Oh wow. 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 Yeah. Wow. Man. You know. there, there's uh, a lot about Titanic I'm learning. I don't know if you've seen this report. This was years ago, pretty much when the movie came out. And this story probably took place when Custom movie came out. Uh, in Florida, though, a couple of chairs washed up on the beach. And the guys who owned that house, they thought, oh, wow, this is, these, these chairs are from the Titanic. And so they got a historian out there to check it out. And yes, it was chairs from the Titanic. They they somehow well, made it. Yeah, they, they made it to their feet. Well, I'll, I'll say this much. I mean, uh, you know, I, like I was saying beforehand, it's one of the reasons why it's so popular. It's become such a a legend within our own time. Um, you know, uh, yeah, unfortunately, though the, uh, the 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 chairs in Florida were were actually not from Titanic, but they were a pair of deck chairs, though. <laughs> so, oh, okay. 
Yeah, I mean, if you uh, if you look at eBay and everything else, uh, you're going to see a lot of things listed as being from Titanic and stuff. And uh, on the paranormal side, there have been almost more people that have claimed to be reincarnated from passengers and crew than there were that were actually on board. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, I believed for a short while because somebody told me in school, and this was like the third fourth grade or something like the third third grade maybe second grade i don't know uh but that uh the titanic sinking was how the dinosaurs um uh passed away because they were they were all on the titanic and that's why we don't have dinosaurs anymore oh wow unicorn now that now that that's an interesting one i mean uh you know closest one that we have to that that uh, obviously is not true but equally just as fun is uh, that it was it sank because of the of the mummy's curse? That there was an Egyptian mummy that was in the cargo hold, and you know there was a warning on the tomb that death comes to all that disturb the grave. <laughs> oh wow! Was there really a mummy on there? No, <laughs> okay. I didn't think so. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite Titanic stories is uh, uh, when there was uh, a, a bunch of dwarves and a kid. And they were on the Titanic uh, just uh, just when it was starting to sink, and they were running from God because they had his map. Tide bandits. Huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love the Titanic yeah. scene on Time Bandits. More champagne. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Good choice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, it it is kind of amazing that people are still – like really, like not. I, I won't say obsessed because I'm not saying you're obsessed. But I think it's great that you know the story lives on. You tell the tales of the dead. Honestly, I mean, you, they're they're probably looking, thinking, you know, thank you, William. Okay, does that make sense? You're you're helping them out to live their memory. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm. And if I do it the right way, then hopefully that will inspire the next generation. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. you're it's people like you that's letting their their lives live on. You know, you're telling their tale. Like I, you're you're talking about people I never would have thought was on the Titanic. Hey, William. And I know yeah. in the movie everybody thinks that Jack and Rose's story, a fictional story, of course, is romantic. But I always thought was it the Strausses that was their name that the old couple that she decided to stay with her husband. She'd been with him for like fifty years. Oh yeah, Who was yeah. It? I mean, was it the Strauss? The Strausses, yes. In fact, uh, you know, the, their uh, memorial still hangs out front uh, in the front entrance of Macy's because uh, he was the owner, co-owner of Macy's department store. Yeah, she wouldn't leave him. No, she wouldn't. You know, and you know, this was a couple that were so devoted to each other that uh, you know they shared each other's day among other things. And yes, uh, during the course of the sinking, you know, she was offered a chance to get into a lifeboat, and you know, even uh, Mr. Strauss was offered as well too. And uh, you know, Mr. Strauss said uh, he was not going to go before the other man. And so, uh, you know, his I mean, wife, Ida, heroic, said, in my opinion, 
Yeah. On both their parts. You know, you know, so, yes, but, um, you know, his wife, Ida, is very famous uh, for saying, you know, we have lived together for many years, and where you go, I go. Oh, wow. You know, and so, yeah, they, they were last seen sitting in deck chairs, just uh, holding each other's hand. Wow. That's, I mean, that's kind of a beautiful but Romeo and Juliet-esque story, love story to me. I mean, that's kind of probably the most heroic and romantic. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of other acts of heroism, but, you know, they're both offered chances to go, and then they stayed and stayed together, you know. Oh, yeah. That's one of the stories that struck me most, you know. And, then, and they're still holding hands at the bottom of the sea as skeletons, yet to be discovered. <laughs> well, hey. well they're, they're around there someplace, probably. <laughs> yeah. But, but no, kidding aside, his body was recovered, hers was not. Ah. Uh, well, that's a bummer. Yeah. Thank you, William. You could have said they're still, they were found together. Well, they're together. Yeah, my right? end of the story was a lot better. That was more yeah. romantic. Nick, yeah. Yeah. Nick, Nick had a much better ending than, than, the, than the reality of it. <laughs> <laughs> I believe they're together in heaven. <laughs> but, um, you know, now, now, definitely, if you want to talk about, uh, you know, heroism, and I do have to, uh, I, would, I would definitely. You know, do this publicly to thank uh, Mahiri Derby Pitt and her family for allowing me to share, you know, their uh, her great uncle's story to, you know, with the public. And, uh, you know, and that's the uh, engineering department, okay? And this was actually something that was only recently discovered, uh, you know, within the past 10 years, but it's still... What what are those things? If you if you're a um, engineer, if you're really good on the technical aspects, it's it's mind boggling in a lot of ways if you think about it. But uh, the engineers were the ones that actually kept the power running, and you know, it was, like I said, just up until ten years ago, we always thought that the uh, ship actually had plunged into complete darkness during the course of the breakup of the final moments. But uh, you know. There have been a few newer accounts that have resurfaced and things along those lines, and then evidence to substantiate it that uh, even as the uh, stern of the ship went under, that uh, the emergency lights were had actually were still up and running. So. Oh wow. And yeah, so these uh, the, these men actually stayed below and and worked their way the length of the ship from the damaged areas all the way back to the furthest that they could go. To, and, kept the power running during the course of the entire sinking right up until uh, the very end. So uh, none of them survived. Aw. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's actually yeah, but, really uh, Well, that was her, that because they were staying at their post to, you know. Yeah. To do, you know. the power going. Maybe it's wrong of me to use yeah. the word heroic for the Strausses, but I just thought it was uh, unselfish or um, some other word might have been better. But, you know, 
Yeah, you know, I, oh, yeah. I, I, think I would, something like I that. Think I would have been like, screw this, I'm going home. Yeah, well, with oh, that yeah. many people on the Titanic, yeah, everybody has their individual stories. So mm-hmm. it's really no surprise that uh, uh, that um, throughout the course of time afterwards, there would be all these stories about all these individual people, some fascinating, some not, and some become legends and some don't. But yeah. uh, all the way through it, though, there was this great big white face with smoke going, give me that witch has been taken from me. <laughs> I'm bandits again. <laughs> I'm bandits again, yeah. So all that chaos, and there's this, like, big face going through. I'm looking at yeah, this before, William, but which movie do you think was the most, you know, you had Titanic, and I have to remember, and, of course, Cameron's Titanic, and, you know, which... What were the strengths of each of them, or what was the best one for to tell the story? The the one that is the most accurate, even to this day, is still uh, a night to remember. Uh, that came out okay. in '58, and believe it or not, there were uh, over a hundred survivors who actually assisted in the production of the film, just to okay. make sure that the story would be told accurately and, uh, you know, truthfully, shall we say. <laughs> Um, oh, you know yeah, what? I have that up for sale on eBay, the VHS, for like six bucks a night to remember. For nice. my dad's collection. Yeah, I've been selling a lot of like uh, stuff on eBay and things lately. But um, yeah, yeah, that's that's one of them. Uh, that was in my dad's collection. I remember I saw it with him a few times. It's funny how you would think that because of modern technology and the way cinema is supposed to learn from itself, I guess. Um, things would be more accurate. Like James Cameron's Titanic was, uh, he went through, like, he spared no expense uh, trying to make it as accurate as possible with his story, like, in the middle of it. But um, I I keep coming across more and more that there's, uh, that the earlier uh, uh, film versions of things like this, like A Night to Remember, um, are more accurate and everything. I think a lot of it, like the Titanic movie, like A Night to Remember, uh, the reason why it's uh, it holds up to this day as the most accurate is because it came along uh, uh, the soonest. It was like uh, not long after when they made that movie. Yeah, Compared and I to, mean... Uh, you know, the other ones. Of course. You know, now, you know, in terms of like with, uh, with some of the other films and such, uh, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a real fun little uh, bit of some Hollywood trivia too, in a manner of speaking, and uh, kind of killing a lot of birds with one stone. If you really want to throw into the uh, irony blender, shall we say, um, one of the passengers on board uh, who actually survived is a woman named Irene Harris, and uh, her husband actually was a playwright over in New York, and. You know, obviously, uh, he went down with the ship, but uh, she survived. And initially, they thought that uh, you know, her the whole theater was going to be uh, lost and everything else because, uh, you know, just between all the, all the pandemonium and the ripple effects and things like that. And, uh, you know, Irene took over the business in her husband's name and not only kept it up and running uh, all the way through the, uh, to the, through the Great Depression, but... Uh, 
you know, she actually ended up, um, you know, taking auditions and selecting what would later become the uh, you know, the golden age of uh, Hollywood cinema. And among those people that she discovered was none other than uh, Barbara Stanwyck. And Barbara Stanwyck uh-huh. would later star in 1953 Titanic with a very young Robert Wagner. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, the guy she's having an affair with. Yep. Wow. Yeah, so the old six degrees of separation. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, just remember, don't go boating with him. (laughs) 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 Nice. Well, you know, what kind of float wood doesn't float? Natalie would. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that. Uh, You heard that? I heard that joke when I was a kid. We all all told that joke. That was funny. Uh, we're actually, from the same generation, pretty much. Though. I actually knew a woman named Natalie Wood. I said the same, you know. And I did, a, she, uh, I did a story on famous named people when I worked at Beaumont Hospital in Royal Oak, Michigan. There was like a Natalie Wood, and you know, I, I started the story for the newspaper. Natalie Wood is alive and well, working at Beaumont Hospital. And then there was like a Tom Tucker, a Jack Spratt, a Mark Hamill, who was a doctor, <laughs> and Alice Cooper. Oh, oh. Mark Hamill was a doctor before becoming a Jedi, huh? Yeah, well, you know, you had a, you also had a Tom Tucker, uh, a Florence Nightingale. Oh, wow. I mean, working at a hospital. I mean, there's all these people were famous name people working at a 10,000 employee facility. And I was like, and uh, they got put in the uh, local newspaper, but they're pushing it. One lady thought she could sell it to People magazine. The story almost got it, you know, almost got in People Magazine because of it. Wow! Oh, wow! Yeah, I just thought of a so. great idea for a science fiction novel of the future. It's uh, not a, uh, it it wouldn't be the plot. It would just be a, a symptom of the, you know, what everybody would be like. But there'd be by that time so many famous people that have accumulated in the world, and so many famous names that everybody had a famous name. Hmm. Yeah, um, the the other day uh, we had a customer at our shop. His name was Mark McGrath. For Sugar Ray. Yeah, his name. Yeah, his name was Mark McGrath, and I was like, and I was telling my boss, I was like, hey, his name is Mark McGrath, and he's like, okay, and I said, isn't that Sugar Ray's real name? And he goes. He kind of looked at me and goes, do I look like somebody who knows who a Sugar Ray is? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I was like, come on. He was on Celebrity Wife Swap, and he go, and he looked at me again. He goes, do I look like somebody that watches Celebrity Wife Swap? <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, okay. But it is the he's, he's a famous guy. He's Sugar Ray. And he's like. Okay. <laughs> well, that famous thing was a running know? gag in the office space. What, whose name was that? Michael Bolton. Oh, Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton. Yeah. <laughs> I bet what's, you, I bet you love his catalog. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Nobody can pronounce my name. Nobody... You, you, yeah, well, I got a terrible name too. What are you talking about? Your name is fine. 
Yeah, until that douchebag of a singer got famous. <laughs> was fine with my name. Yeah, I, I wanted to tell the customer when I was uh, cashing them out, I was like, you, you do know you got a famous name. And I didn't want to have that same conversation I just had with my boss. I was like, I'm going to let this one go. I'm just going to cash them out, and I'm not going to even mention Mark McGrath. <laughs> well, I thought that was funny. My boss, He was, like, looking at his computer, and I was like, Mark McGrath, Sugar Ray. Do I look like I know somebody by the name of Sugar Ray? You know what? You know what? I thought of another great idea. Francie, you should have a show that's devoted to all of us just taking out, like, the yellow pages, if there's yellow pages anymore, uh, and going down and, uh, oh, Steven Spielberg. Somebody's named Steven Spielberg. Let's call him. And then, like, uh, oh, wow, look at this. It's uh, Axel. Somebody's named Axel Rose. You're kidding me. Call him. We should totally do that. Well, consider yourselves walkie, all right? Because... Um, about 20 years ago, I actually worked for a buddy of mine who, who ran a telemarketing company. And you got to bear in mind, we're in South Florida, so we're, 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 we have predominantly a lot of retirees. And uh-huh. so it was just by luck, and I, it, it took a lot of acting skills because I had to keep a poker face and try to keep a serious tone. And it was so hard to do because the gentleman's name was – Harold Falls. <laughs> Even worse yeah, when yeah. he picked up the phone and he said, No, just call me Harry. And I'm like, Harry Balls? Oh, God. Yes, Harry Balls. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's worse than Harry Butts. It, yes, that's very true on that one. <laughs> so. <laughs> wow. Oh, they should all get a club together, people that, that are named like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm a At the very least, a yeah. Facebook group. No. Or the, you know, it's the perfect meme generator. Huh? It's the perfect meme generator. Yeah, 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 it, would, yeah it would be. You get limitless memes from that. Uh, I, I know some people that actually uh, purposely named uh, their kids uh, uh, just because they had the same last name. And like a lot of people, like their last name would be Myers, for example, and they would name their kid. Oh, let's say, well, we're Myers. I always wanted to have a son and name him Michael. So you know, those poor souls. You guys, yeah, I mean, this yeah. was kind of funny. Uh, speaking back at my shop. Uh, this customer came in, and he wanted to set an appointment, and he had a thick accent. And I said, okay, what's your name? And he said, John Boozles. But the way he made it sound is that he's, his last name was Butthole. And I was like, can you spell that for me, please? <laughs> I was like, oh, Boothole. Well, you know, I even had uh, – uh, I, I have a friend of mine who's a um, science fiction author uh, and publisher, too. I've known him for, uh, oh, like, oh, maybe even 20 years. Um, 
uh, A.P. Fuchs, and I noticed that there's a lot of, and it's spelled F-U-C-H-S. Um, and uh, I, I'm reminded of this the other day because there's, I guess there's a senator, and they were having a hard time pronouncing his name on Fox. Um, and, and it turns out that he actually insists on pronouncing his name Fox. Mm. Wow. And I think that's the original mm. pronunciation. I guess it's it's kind of like um, um, astronomers, uh, astronomer teachers, uh, uh, getting tired of saying Uranus all the time, so they change the the pronunciation to Uranus. Uh, you know. Yeah. But um, but yeah, yep, 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 yep. Make sure, just a matter of pronunciation. So that's it. People are just born with like crazy, crazy names. And then yeah. some. Hey, Worst name I ever heard of was a guy named Dick Assman. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That 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 that's definitely up there for the books. Yeah. How about the NASCAR driver by the name of Dick Trickle? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be named that. I'm happy with what I got, though. So. We'll <laughs> keep it up there. If only we had a list of all the people that were on the Titanic, we could like pick out which names were funny. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there, there, there's there's a few of them. I mean, uh, you know, to say the so least. William, uh, what, yeah. what's going on with Titanic Two? Are they really building that? I mean, is it getting ready to sail, or what's going on? No, believe it or not, that that has been dead in the water for over ten years. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I can't imagine them wanting to name it after a tragedy ship, you know, except for maybe, um, okay, we're going to name it Titanic 2, and this is going to be the Titanic that has revenge on its name. This one's not going to be, not going to sink ever and, you know, and stuff like that. But then again, though, I mean, especially, isn't like um, seafaring inherently superstitious? Um and so yep. you don't leave on a Friday. Calling a ship, yep. something, yeah. Yeah, you never, you, you never name your ship after a shipwreck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't give it thirteen yeah. letters. You don't go on, leave a ship out on a Friday. You know. You know, but. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's, uh, but it's definitely no, it's not no surprise that it didn't get that far because. Uh, Clive Palmer, who was the one that actually you know thought of the whole concept, really, really just took it down the rabbit hole to a point where you know he was going to make it you know almost an exact replica, but he was going to just the only thing that was going to be different was uh, he was going to adjust the ticket prices for modern day inflation. So, oh wow, that yeah. So that being said. You know, if you wanted Nobody to travel in third, yeah, yeah, because if you wanted to travel third class, okay, in 1912, you would have spent uh, roughly about twenty dollars, and that would have given you uh, a bunk bed if you were a single man. So you would be a bunk bed with three other strangers somewhere up near the front of the mm. ship. You know, and. Uh, yeah, so uh, that meant that in 2012, if if he actually went through with it, now you'd be spending forty thousand dollars to have a bunk bed with three other strangers. 
Wow. Yeah, I think I'll pass. Let me ask you this. With the technology today, do you think they're ever going to bring the Titanic up? I get it out of the ocean. Raise the Titanic. That was a good movie, too. That was a great movie. It fall apart, wasn't it? Well, not only would it fall apart, but no, they're, you know, it, unfortunately, uh, we got to look at it more from from the science perspective, but if you ever look at a photograph of the ship, right, you know, and do a comparison of, uh, you know, past versus present, the uh, ship's anchors are actually touching the bottom of the ocean as we speak, okay? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So that means that it's actually buried about 30 to 40 feet in mud. So that would be kind of hard to do. Yeah. (laughs) And it's had 110 years of mud uh, settling to help keep it down there. Precisely. You know, and not not to mention, you know, you got to remember like, uh, you know, when uh, Bill Willard was involved in raising the big piece, you know, that, that alone was, you know, almost, I forgot the exact number, but, uh, you know, almost like $10, $20 million just to raise uh, that one section of the portholes and the, and the piece of the hull section. So, you know, multiply that by 20 if you want to try to raise the whole ship. And if you have room to yeah. store it, too. <laughs> you know what was fascinating uh, to me, um, especially, well, when James Cameron um, – showed it in uh, the Titanic movie, and I think further, he had a docu- documentary uh, later on about the Titanic, yeah. um, but uh, how how we've been capable of um, uh, of getting uh, remote control, like little cameras uh, that can go in and out of the ship down below, and um, uh, they showed, like, actual footage well, they showed footage in the in the movie. I remember that about you know the little cameras going through the different rooms, and going through windows that aren't there anymore, and, and going you know if uh, they can uh, have enough funding to keep doing that and even excavate it with robots and bring up stuff like like capture stuff, seal some stuff, bring it back up. I don't. I I have a feeling that they've done that, but not at the capacity I'm thinking about. But uh, they can actually do that uh, in a way that's raising the Titanic, just, uh, you know, artifact by artifact. That's true. That's very true. That's, now, that is true. You know, you know, I mean, uh, for the most part, the artifacts that have come up have been strictly from the debris field, and, that, and that's because uh, the wreck itself is actually uh, federally protected. And it is. I thought know, they were so... all up on eBay. No, no, <laughs> not anymore. Like. You're talking about the, how all these fake uh, things on eBay. It, this is directly from the Titanic, early at the beginning of the show. So I thought I'd yeah. reference it again. <laughs> but uh, okay, yeah, they, they, they're capable of doing that, though, of just like uh, excavating it that way with robots and cameras, and they can just bring it up uh, pieces at a time. And uh, I, I bet you that they would be great museum pieces and. We'd probably learn a lot more about the individual people that were there. Go into some of their the higher classes' rooms. Maybe well, get well, the believe it or, well, well, believe it or not, uh, e- even just from the stuff that they've recovered already, 
uh, that within itself is uh, equally fascinating. Um, you know, go, going back to some of the ironies and even premonitions as well, too. You know, like, this is one of my favorite things, and I only saw it once, and that was back in 98. And it was a letter from a, a Spanish gentleman who was on board. He was traveling third class. And uh, he was a young guy who was doing the equivalent of uh, spring break. So, and uh, wow. he was, and this letter was, uh, you know, salvaged from his from his suitcase that was picked up in the debris field, because anything that uh, that's inside of a suitcase or inside of anything that's made out of leather is protected because of the tanning that they do uh, in in the process. Okay, so. During the course of this letter, the, you know, the guy is complaining to his friend and just, you know, pretty much for the lack of a better word, just bitching and moaning. You know, he's like, you know, I'm really bored. Nobody understands or speaks my language. They don't understand what I'm trying to say. Um, really nothing to do here. The food's okay, but otherwise, I'm really, really bored, and I just wish the damn thing sank. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. But <laughs> in mouth. Yeah, and, and did he understandably, uh, he did not make it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go, you dumb shit. You just wish yourself dead. <laughs> right? Wow. Uh, hey, William, I, I was watching. I. I tend to watch some of those paranormal shows. They had some Titanic artifacts in a museum somewhere. And the night watchman, like, I think it was, I can't remember if it was Ghost Hunters or something like that, said they kept seeing, you know, kept hearing footsteps or thought they were seeing people. Do you think that is possible or true, or do you think that's just BS? Where they're, you know, they're ha- there's, like, hauntings associated with parts of the Titanic you know, for stuff like that, I'm, you know, going into the paranormal aspects of it, I'm I'm actually quite open-minded on it, and I and I I wouldn't be surprised. Um, you know, I mean, again, coming, you know, coming from, uh, oh yeah, very much so. I mean, um, you know, coming coming from uh, South Florida again, uh, you know, for the air, for the neighborhood that I'm in. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because of the fact that I'm so far southwest from everything, but I'm closer to uh, like Miami, Fort Lauderdale area. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the tragedy that we know very well of is uh, you know Eastern Airlines Flight 401 that crashed oh, in yeah. the Everglades, yeah. and you know after the crash they salvaged the parts of the aircraft, and uh, you know the um, the salvaged parts came with the ghosts of the crew members. So, oh, wow. you know, so there, the there's even the movie about it with uh, Ernest Borgnine called The Ghost of Flight 401. Ah, yeah, I've heard of that. I, yeah. I think I might have yeah. even seen it a long time ago. Yeah. You know, so I mean, they use the parts and put it in another plane? Yeah. Another plane? Yeah. Yep. And then they, and had, so, they kept seeing other, other, uh, other flight attendants and other crew. Yeah. Even you know, past so, uh, yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, that that definitely uh that wouldn't surprise me any. You know, I mean I'm I, I will say this much. I mean seeing the artifacts themselves is uh it, it 
it's one of those things that it really, really is mind blowing at times. And uh you know, it can hit you on so many different levels. I mean, you know, there's actually one you can actually watch uh, on YouTube. It's it's so it's so such a powerful moment that uh you know, nine times out of ten it was actually the whole documentary is hard to find, but uh, mm-hmm. there's an extremely uh, esteemed and uh, respected uh, historian uh, in the, in, within the community. The gentleman's name is uh, Bill Souder, and uh, Bill's area of expertise is actually on the artifacts themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, there's uh, there's so during the course of this one uh, video, he actually. Uh, physically breaks down emotionally into tears talking about the day that uh, they had actually saved some uh, perfume samples from a perfume salesman and mm-hmm. one of the one of the vials accidentally fell open and so the perfume actually sprayed itself into the uh, control van and just you know smelling that versus the regular smell of the artifacts just threw a major juxtaposition on the gentleman. So, hmm. wow. No. Oh. Hey, gang, I got a split, so I got to wish you good night because you got to get up early tomorrow. So, those are fascinating. We got to have William talk more about the Titanic, Francie, because this is a special yeah, subject. Yeah, does. we do. Yeah. We do. Yeah, this has been and, a yeah, it's a Titanic so, subject. Because we could probably go on for two hours or more. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm I definitely don't mind it. I mean, so far it looks like uh, we we haven't had anybody call in or try to stump the historian. So no. I guess there's no prize yeah. to away tonight. <laughs> no. Yeah. What's the board's hot? You know what? As a, as a last Howard. thought, I was I was uh, uh, wondering if uh, speaking of you know uh, uh, people named with celebrity names and stuff, I, I uh-huh. just that it would have. Uh, uh, I, I wonder if, uh, like, uh, one of the um, bodies of the um, people that didn't make it um, were uh, uh, floating around uh, in the Atlantic, and her name was Natalie Wood. <laughs> oh, God. But I'm seeing. And with that, I'm out. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night, wow. Happy Happy Easter. Happy Easter, Tom. <laughs> wow, look at look at that. Tom has abandoned ship. He, he didn't. He, and he, he <laughs> I know. Oh, buddy. But, indeed. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yep. yeah, that, I'm here. Yeah, so. yeah, this is a really you? good show. I've, I've learned actually a lot of stuff. <laughs> Cool. And well, yeah, a lot. I mean, it's yeah, like cool that people like you are telling the stories of the people that did not survive on that ship. I mean, you're keeping their memories alive. I think that's awesome. Well, thank you. You know, and uh, now I, I will, and, and you know, chip in a happier one as well too, because. Uh, you know, the, the, this is one of my favorite stories, and it's about the last, the very last guy to leave Titanic. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the gentleman's name is Charles Joffin, and uh, you know, this is one of those ones where you just kind of say, you, 
when you hear his story, you kind of shake your head and you just say, go figure. Because uh, the long story short, he was actually one of the chief bakers on board, okay? So All right. dur- during the course of the sinking, you know, he, he started by uh, actually preparing every, you know, tossing food and things like that into the lifeboats and such. And, oh, wow. uh, you know, in passing, you know, he had bumped into, uh, you know, the, the uh, surgeon on board, gentleman who was a friend of his named uh, Dr. O'Loughlin. And, uh, you know, O'Loughlin told him, you know, you know, way beforehand that, uh, you know, this was definitely a dire situation. And so, you know, he was like, you know, maybe this will be kind of like final doctor's orders, but, uh, you know, if you're going to stay on board with the rest of the crew, I would recommend that you get yourself completely drunk. That way then you don't know what happens when it happens. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And that's exactly what Joplin did. You know, he, he would... Uh, you know, assisted in evacuating the lifeboats, take a break, run down to his cabin, start helping himself to whiskey that he had stashed away in his drawer. So, lo and behold, we finally get towards the uh, the final moments, and uh, you know he's beyond the point of completely sloshed. But wow. uh, you know, yeah, he survives the uh, the breakup and everything else, and uh, he ends up actually climbing up onto the railing. Uh, at the very back of the ship, and in his own words, he wrote it down like an elevator, and uh, didn't even get his head wet. Oh wow! So, what really? At the uh, the uh, drag didn't pull him under, or however it goes, whatever it is. No, you know what I'm talking about. No. Yeah, there there was very little suction when 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 it finally went under. So there was very you know. little suction. Ah, you know, that that kind of, uh, sometimes, like, even, I think I might have dreamt it a couple of times, too, of what would happen, what would I do if I was in that situation, and, uh, and I keep thinking about how, you know, if you're anywhere near the ship, it's going to pull you under once it goes. Oh, yeah. And, uh, that's, that's interesting, so you could actually just write it and then just, huh, yeah, and uh, and then on top of that, you know, normally alcohol will suck the, um, you know, actually do the exact opposite. But for some reason, you know, he also ended up being stranded in the water for almost two hours and still survived. Probably because wow. uh, of all that alcohol. No, that that that's the thing that's that's the only part that's mind-boggling because normally if you get drunk and you go into a, a cold environment. It it sends out your blood. So oh oh you, yeah I I, su- yeah, I so. suppose so I I just know and I've done this personally uh, just got wasted and dove into a very cold pool and and how swam do we feel? around anyway and it's like how, maybe, how, maybe that's not a good idea to do but <laughs> no but, not uh, always <laughs> no just okay. saying. So. So, but uh, but here let's uh, let's go ahead and just lay out the ten million dollar question. This this is always this comes up. Oh yeah, didn't you say that you're going to give ten million to somebody if they like stumped you on something? I know oh, sure. it was. 
know, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I actually have a, a copy of one of my audio books uh, that I have personally recorded myself. That is uh, not a, not currently the audio book is not available for the public. So, but uh, no, this this always comes up in the, in the course of not only between uh, you know all the groups and everything else, but obviously for uh, people within the community and those that are just learning about the ship itself. So, uh, Nick and Francie, what would you guys do if you were on board? Of the Titanic? No, the SS Minnow. It's a three-hour tour. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the Russian ship that just sank and the, uh, uh, that the Ukrainian missiles hit. That's why I thought oh, the no. Titanic sank was because of the Ukrainian missiles. There we go. The, the I, I just, like, it. messed with your brain for just a split second there. <laughs> On what? What? Does yeah. I ha- what? <laughs> Is that, is that supposed to be funny? Or what? Did they, did they, ah, so Nick, you you stumped the historian. No, no, actually, I did. I didn't stump him. I, no, there wasn't a stump. There was. That, that was just, like, <laughs> just a little red. But yeah, wheel, what would all. we do? Well, every man for himself. Francis goes overboard, and I would uh, I would uh, uh, find that Baker guy, or and I would like write. It. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, honestly, with that Baker story, when you started that story, I thought that you're going to end it with, and the baker, he just kept on baking as the ship went down. He just baked those pies, <laughs> baked that bread, and <laughs> well, you know, yeah, you 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 would think that because believe it or not, they, you know. Not even a few minutes uh, into the impact is when they were actually shutting everything down. So. They were all done for the night at that point. They they were getting off of work at midnight. Wow. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and there's many stories about people that stayed on board and did what they did. You know, like the yeah. famous um, musicians uh, that, that just kept playing. And, yep. you know, and you were talking about the preacher. He, he was just preaching. And then the, the people that ran the power, they were they, – they, kept on doing it until the very end and stuff. So there, there should be a story about a baker that just kept baking. He just kept baking <laughs> stuff. People would you run by fleeing for their lives, and they would grab a loaf and, and munch on it while they're, while they're fleeing. <laughs> <laughs> while well, the face you, of you God comes to, down the corridor saying, give that which <laughs> you have taken from me. <laughs> Perfect. See, well, well, you're the you're you're not only are you a publisher, you're also a writer. So, <laughs> I I, th- I think you should actually try and uh, take a crack at it. <laughs> I, yeah, I would have yeah. to agree with that. Titanic, the true story. <laughs> there we go. That works. <laughs> you know, or as I saw it. <laughs> as I saw it. Yeah. Oh, the chaos. Yeah. So how about you, Francie? What would you do? Well, unlike Nick's answer, I would not say every man for themselves. I would probably stick by Nick's side. I would hold hands with Nick on the deck. She would probably be 
completely freaking out, and I would say, friends, get your head together. We've got to do something. No, I can't do anything. I'm, I'm, I'm frozen again. No, you gotta you gotta do something with me. I got this great idea. Oh, uh, what 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 great idea? Where's the whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> I can actually see that one. <laughs> I'm not sure how to take that one. Hey, everybody. Hey everybody, welcome to our Super Bowl Sunday show, where our little buddy and I are wasted, because we actually watched the Super Bowl. It's funny, William, you are like messaging me, Francie, you're really wasted. You know, one thing that I would probably do, too, is I, I would probably just, uh, with Francie, I would tell her to, like, uh, quick, gather some silverware and some things and grab, grab get, uh, let's steal a few uh, uh, of these uh, poor souls' wallets, and then we can we can ride up the whole thing with that baker guy, and then when we survive this and stuff, later on, our grandchildren can sell this all, sell this shit on eBay. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and believe me, I mean, you, all, all kidding aside, you would you would be surprised what what some of those items actually go for. I mean, uh, you know, there, just a few years back, one of the menus that was saved because somebody did that, they actually put their menu in their pocket and walked into the lifeboat. <laughs> wow. Wow. Sold for a hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Wow! So, wow! Yeah, that, 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 that's one of the main reasons why, even if it's not always the case, you'll see eBay start flooding with. We found new Titanic memorabilia. <laughs> wow! <laughs> a piece and, of paper. Yeah. And, 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 of course, that's when most of the historians are jumping into the groups and saying, fire beware, and if this is you, we don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here's a question that might stump you. I, I'm sure you might it, – it, you'll get a – I'll get an answer, but it's it, it'll probably really, like, you'd go, whoa, I, I'd have to really, really think about that. But everything that you know about the Titanic of all the different people that were there – all the different people that actually died and stuff. If you were to take a time machine and go directly to the Titanic as it was sinking and you can only save one person that you knew was going to die that was going to sink and uh, with your knowledge of who was there and everything, who would you take with you back to the future? Ooh. Oh, I, I can tell you that right off the bat, and that's very simple. Oh. Um, Surprising. Yeah. yeah. Um, in my case, my opinion, I would say that would be a gentleman by the name of Thomas Andrews. Oh. And uh, yeah, he he was actually the uh, the chief designer of the ship. So, and uh, although in in all the Hollywood films, uh, he's last seen sitting in the smoking room and in shock and everything else. Um, 
the reality is that, that uh, he was actually standing with the captain uh, at the front of the ship, and and in the course of the final plunge, I finally said she's going, and uh, you know obviously did not make it, but you know he was uh, he actually was in charge of designing both Titanic and also her uh, sister ship, the Olympic. Huh. Oh. So, oh, interesting. You know, and uh and even to this day his um you know, he is still you know, seen in high regards in uh you know, in, in Belfast and such. Uh and uh, even his family members adhere to a uh, family code that uh you know, you spend your time with the men. And you know, in Andrew's case, he he came in as an apprentice in the shipyard, and he worked from the ground up. And you know, literally, uh, you know, he you know before coming into Titanic and everything else, uh, you know, he would work uh, his shift at the shipyard for you know eight to ten hours a day, then turn around, go to night school to uh, train even more, and do that oh, six wow. days a week for five and a half years. <laughs> so. Wow. wow. Yeah. You know, and then, uh, you know, and one other factor about it, because of his experience working among, you know, everybody in the course of construction that uh, wasn't known up until 2001 is the fact that uh, he actually had water fountains installed for the people that were working in the boiler rooms and the engine rooms. So. Oh, wow. Well, uh, so so the one person that you would take with you uh, and save would be the person that has the most historical significance. And exactly, and and also you know has a huge brighter future ahead of him, you know, in terms of uh, technology and everything else. So ah, yeah. you know, that's who, interesting. Who's to say what what, what other uh, concepts would have come up from him? <laughs> Huh. Well, I would probably thing. think that if I were in that situation, I I would probably uh, bring some poor orphan kid with me, but I would certainly um, stay long enough to gather enough silverware and wallets so that I could sell them on eBay <laughs> when I came back. <laughs> well, well, I mean, still, that, that's that's always a good idea, but uh, now, now to play the devil's advocate, though. Um, so you have so many children that are on board. Yeah, which that's one true. One that's gonna, which one's going to win your heart? So <laughs> it would have to be the first person that the first kid that I saw, so I wouldn't have to spend any more time with that, and I can get on with the silverware. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. That works. <laughs> Seriously, though, off the top of my head, I've for some reason first thought in my mind would be the captain. But he would be so old, and I would think that it would have to be somebody younger that would be able to, you know, not die when I get back, like after oh, like yeah. five years of the whole world poking and prodding him and everything. Then he just dies, or he gets he gets COVID and dies. And <laughs> yeah. He's dead anyway. But um, huh. a lot of food for thought. But that's interesting, though. Yeah, it would probably be it would serve mankind better. If the most uh, historical, um, his, significantly, significantly historical person would be brought back, and that's for true. 
You know, now, now, speaking of serving mankind, here's another fun little extra tidbit for you. Believe it or not, in later years, a majority of survivors actually went into social service work because of, uh, you know, just how fast uh, the world reacted, uh, you know, once everything was confirmed and, you know, brushed to help try to help aid as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah, so always fascinating to see what, uh, you know, just how the uh, ripple effect goes. Yeah, you know, I think in this day and age, too, people that are interested in the Titanic and stuff um, that are from, you know, more contemporary generations, um, uh, I think part of the fascination, I can speak for myself, but I think maybe this this is kind of almost universal, is the fact of the time period that it was in, there were no helicopters to rescue people. You're just uh, out there, you know, it would be hours before uh, anybody would even know that you're there and this is happening, and it's all completely isolated. Where the only, there's there's a ship that was like, uh, close by, not not really close by, but you know which one I'm talking about. And I've heard rumors that it saw like like distress signals or something. Oh, but, yeah. um, but but basically the whole situation was isolated. So it's like you know, um, uh, it's. I mean, in the, this day and age, if something like that would happen, um, there. This rings a bell for some reason. I think there was a meme. There was a cartoon, like the Far Side thing, uh, about the Titanic sinking in this day and age. And and there's a lot of people that are floating in the water with their cell phones, yep. like recording it. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> and, and that, and they, again, they didn't have that back then. It was all utter. You know, it's. It, Nobody knew that this was going on when it was going on. Nobody, there was nobody else outside of them to help them with anything. There's no the distress signals that it would be hours before they would get any help. Okay, I mean just just the whole nine yards and stuff. The utter isolation, even though there were so many people and it was such a huge event. It, it, everybody was isolated in the middle of the Atlantic, in the middle of nowhere, where it was freezing, or you know. And uh, I always thought when I was a kid growing up learning about it, I always was concerned about the sharks. So I've never heard any stories about the Titanic and sharks. I guess the sharks were like going, oh, there's this huge thing that's sinking. Let's get away from here and we'll eat the people later. Combination of that and also, uh, you know, just because of how bad the weather was, they were like, oh, no, this is too cold. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you, know, but, you uh, don't think about the charts. Wow, that that puts a whole new perspective on it, Nick. You know, yeah, but, uh, I guess there was just so much going on, and there was not like, uh, I mean, there wasn't like blood to attract them. There was just you know desperate people dying, and but uh, I, I I bet you though the oh this sounds macabre. But the, um, uh, the creatures on the ocean floor, would have, uh, that was their Thanksgiving. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah, the, that, that, that is macabre, but it's also truthful, too. So, yeah. you know, but... Uh, Unless you're you Natalie know, but, Wood. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> now, of course. Uh, now, now, of course, go, going back to talking about the uh, you know just how uh, you know how distant they are and everything to that effect. You know, here's the one ultimate ticker that probably surpasses every single thought project. All right. And that's uh, that's actually the gentleman's name is uh, Harold Cottom, and he was the radio operator on what would become the rescue ship Carpathia. Okay. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So now, the long story short, he was actually supposed to be shutting off around midnight, and he was literally in the process of untying his boots when he decided to click over and. He actually caught the distress call. Oh wow! So, you know, huh. you, yeah, you know. So again, it was just one. It was just a sheer accidental uh, coincidence, more than anything else. And uh, you know, that's why you know there's uh, there's actually a book that came out that you can still find. It's called uh, Signals of Disaster. And it's it's every single radio message that was sent from Titanic, and you know responses from other ships and things like that. So, you know that's why when you see uh, you know caught him with Carpathia, his first message is, "Oh, did you know that Cape Race has been trying to reach you for the past few hours?" <laughs> oh wow! And wow! And then and then it turns around and follows up with the famous one, you know, "Come quick." You know, we've struck a berg. We're sinking. <laughs> wow. Wow. I I, uh, I can imagine um, being a survivor on one of those uh, one of those boats, uh, uh, just like going around at sea. Uh, not, I mean, I wouldn't even imagine most of the people on those boats actually had compasses or knew what they were doing or you know um knew where they were going they were just drifting pretty much yeah. uh oh, they yeah. kind of stuck together i'd imagine they they had the capability of maybe sticking together but uh geesh you know i i bet you um a lot of the untold stories were how yeah so many times people just they had to they had to they had to take a crap, and so they had to pull down their pants in front of me and go out the side, and, and uh, just all kinds of like you know. I, I can imagine a Beavis and Butthead episode where they go to the Titanic and they survive, and they're going, "Oh, that, that dude just just took a crap in front of me in the ocean." Anyway, that's just an offbeat like little uh, perception. I'm trying to think of actually, I'm just trying to think of. Um, uh, different ways to perceive circumstances and situations under that that uh, are just little truths, but, uh, you know, everything else is more interesting. But, you guys, I can imagine being in a lifeboat like that just for hours and hours on end, hoping to God somebody notices us and we get rescued. We'll probably all die here and everything, and we're all shivering with the uh, covering ourselves with the uh, comforters and things and stuff, whatever we could. And then, but man, you know, nature calls. I, I, I'm sorry. I got to get up. I'm sorry. It's in your face, but I got to like put my butt against the ocean and, oh, here we go. Oh, what a relief. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. 
I, I would like uh, be telling myself, can it get any worse than this? Can it, yeah, I've just been through been through shit, and now I have to see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you know. Oh, now I have to I'll, go. I'll, I'll say, well, Nick, I'll tell you this much. In 42 years of research, that is one thing that has never been brought up. So uh, <laughs> I'll have to ask around for you, and I'll, I'll try to get some definite answers for the next one. <laughs> or, like, or like one of the people on the lifeboat is why is one of the people that uh, that kept like uh, going to their their vodka or or or, uh, or whiskey or something, and that they were completely wasted, and they they just started puking over everybody else. And oh! Suddenly, oh, just oh, what a hangover! Oh, is this? Are why are we in this boat? What just happened? Well, I mean, think of it like this, all right? You know, like the closest I, I could come up with on something like that, uh, and it doesn't even deal with the uh, piss, shit, or puke, but uh, just the overall reaction to things would be uh, actually uh, this one lady named uh, Lucille Duff Gordon, okay? Mm. And she was a, a very well-known uh, ladies' fashion is what it was called, but uh, – you know, she'd be the forerunner of Victoria's Secret, if you know what I mean. So, ah. yeah, so she and her husband, Sir Cosmo, and, and her secretary got into uh, one of the lifeboats. And unfortunately, uh, you know, between the total capacity, instead of being 40, it ended up being only 12 people. And so uh, after Titanic sank, Lucille Duff Gordon actually looked at her secretary and said, uh, well, Francatelli, uh, there goes your beautiful nightdress. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, just, just flat out, just, there it goes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I would seriously imagine, though, that people didn't talk much and they, they they just like kept to themselves and just like you know some people were sleeping and some people were just like looking out at the water all the time and stuff and eventually daylight would have to break so yep. you know i can imagine that, that whole thing yep and i yeah. i would be I, I would be if i was uh, in there too uh i'd be probably staring at the water Looking for shark fins <laughs> and stuff, and then when it would be my turn to actually defecate, I'd like, can can you please help me up? I have all this silverware in my pockets and wallets. And stuff. <laughs> yeah, the old cling cling cling. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, hey, gosh. I mean, you know, but. Hey, at least we know what uh, what what Nick would have done. So, we'll have it. Yeah, save it for prosperity's sake. That's all. He's like, yeah, from uh, from Home Alone. Put it in your purse. Put it in your purse. Yeah, pretty much. 
you know. But but hey, think but think of it like this, right? It could definitely be be a whole lot worse. All right. Um, best example I could give you, and this is like one of the full after effects, and another one of those cases where, understandably, uh, as soon as it as soon as the word hit, it went absolutely chaotic on every level you can imagine on the public eye. And uh, this was during the course of the uh, Senate inquiry because, uh, you know, technically speaking, Titanic was owned by J.P. Morgan. So J.P. Morgan? Yeah, J.P. Morgan. Oh, wow. I feel like singing that commercial. Oh, uh, yeah, wait, feel free. That's, that's, oh, wait, that's, wait, that wasn't J.P. Morgan, was it? No, it wasn't. No, J.G. Wentworth. J.G. Wentworth, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah if you need yeah. cash now. <laughs> Get cash now. Call J.G. Okay, yeah, no, okay. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> so. My, my <laughs> phone died, actually, guys. My phone just died. I had to call back in. Thankfully, we're still cool. alive. Cool. Oh, good. So, That's uh, what so, uh, the survivors of the Titanic said. Yeah, I was just going to say. It's <laughs> <laughs> the worst out of my mouth. <laughs> so, but, uh, um, but yes, um, anyways, uh, yeah, Senator William Alden Smith actually was waiting at the dockside in New York, and he issued uh, subpoenas to all the majority of the survivors. So there was a, a full inquiry into the thinking by, you know, sponsored by the United States Senate, and uh, during the course of the uh, hearing, uh, he actually went on record asking uh, Fifth Officer Harold Lowe the one question that pretty much just kind of blew everyone's mind away, and uh, like I said, I mean, it went full-blown pandemonium in the newspaper headlines, but uh, yeah, he uh, he asked uh, Fifth Officer Lowe, uh, what is an iceberg made of? Ice. Yep, that was well, the answer. Frozen water, and and well, whatever the sea is made out of, it's frozen. Yeah, that rock. was also. Yeah. Or a rock in the middle of it, and, and surrounded by frost, or something. It, uh, it didn't it break away from a continent. It did, but uh, that was roughly fifteen thousand years prior. <laughs> oh wow! So it it knew fifteen thousand years prior that the. It just like did that on purpose, didn't it? It it did. It, at it least broke according away, to one, waiting, you know. waiting for that ship, that damn ship. It's going to yep. be here in fact, any minute. In, in fact, and believe it or not, silverware. Uh, yeah, and but, but believe it or not, and uh, it, it's kind of hard to find these days, but uh, in. Uh, the late 70s, there was actually a book that was written about that, and it was called uh, The Voyage of the Iceberg. And it's the whole disaster seen from the iceberg's perspective. <laughs> Wait, they made oh, wow. an entire book just about the iceberg as its main character? Yes. <laughs> wow. That's actually kind of yeah, creative. Exactly. So yeah, you can you can probably still find a few copies on eBay or Amazon, but uh, yeah, it, and it's literally written from the full perspective. <laughs> wow. And That's yeah, let, let me. 
I mean, it's it's creative, but it, within itself, it's like its own little personalized acid trip. <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> wow. I suppose it was so tripped that, that the book was so trippy, it probably said that that's where Iceberg Lettuce came from. That wouldn't surprise me, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I, I kind of want my hands on that book now. I guess you just hit the tip of the iceberg on that subject. <laughs> yeah, no no kidding. <laughs> time, time to start scouring eBay. <laughs> oh, yeah, for pieces of the chunks of the iceberg. Yep. Sale for $100,000. Well, get ready. For about 300 you could buy water from the wreck site. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. No, I'm, oh, I'm no. getting serious. That water I mean, wasn't originally, you know, water does move around in the ocean, so it's not originally from that that day. It's probably exactly. water from Africa and on the coast of Africa. That, oh, well, that, that, that sounds just as legitimate as uh, the holy water that evangelicals, like, say, hey, if you, for your contribution of $150 a month, you'll get this little bit of holy water that uh, you can put on your forehead, and it'll cure you of all kinds of things, like, you know. Yeah. Or it's almost like the same as the uh, good old-fashioned pet rock. <laughs> you know, I sold a rock on eBay. Speaking of eBay, I sold a rock. Um, I put it up for 20 bucks, and, and uh, somebody asked for uh, a cheaper amount because it was from my... Uh, my backyard, and I I uh, took a, a magic marker, black magic marker, and I put eyes and nose and mouth on it, and uh, I just decided to put it up on eBay. Um, and uh, and this one girl said, you know, it's it's a cute rock, but it's just a basic face on it. Can you sell it for cheaper? And I said yes. Yeah. So I sold it to her for five dollars. She wanted me to name it, so I. So I included a little certificate saying uh, its official name is Roxy, and she was like, <laughs> like you know, and yeah, it was great. Was, I never thought that I would sell it. It was an experiment because just to catch up with bills recently, I've been like putting up a lot of stuff on eBay and and uh, you know just uh, wearing myself out with eBay. I've got stuff to sell, but I, it's just going through the motions, and it's just I'd rather be publishing books. Which I'm about to again, but um, for a little while there, um, uh, I, I just just to entertain myself. I just thought I'm gonna go in my backyard, get a rock, and put it up. I and I even had gout uh, in my in my hand um, at the time, and it was bandaged. So I said, "This is a picture of uh, the rock in my gout-ridden hand," um, and it's uh, uh, Tom Grown. Uh, it's been given a lot of lots of love in the backyard, and it's smooth, and it's about an inch thick, and uh, it's uh, it's round, and uh, you know it's uh, it's had a happy life, as you can plainly see by the smile on its face. And I guess and somebody sold it, somebody bought it. So I'm yeah, thinking about it, putting up another one if anybody wants to buy it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was about more rocks, but I I didn't even think about the pet rock thing when I was doing it. I just but you know, let's just get something from the backyard that's worthless. 
But uh, yeah, the Pat Rock thing though, that was oh, I gotta like revive that. I've got to revive well, that thing. That was a, I remember the commercials. Get your own yeah, pet rock. Nick, Nick, you're you're missing the really cute part. It was what, uh, what was she six years old? No, she wasn't she six years wired? old. But no, no uh, she, uh, when she was trying to bargain the price with me, I was uh, saying, well, I'm going through a, some hard times and stuff, and I don't want to sell it for too cheap and. And um, and uh, she said, well, I don't know what hard times are because I'm just a, uh, a, a kid. Uh, but uh, if you want to sell it uh, any uh, cheaper, whatever, you know, and stuff. And so I, 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 when I heard that, I thought, oh, it's a kid. It's a, uh, and, the, and, you know, literally the person probably has it in their room prominently displayed somewhere. <laughs> they were very happy about it. So heck, yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I just thought that was Speaking so cute. Of eBay. I, I'm just, I don't know about hard times. I'm just a kid, but I want the rock. <laughs> yeah, well, and it was yeah. a smiley face thing. It wasn't even like artwork. I saw a thing. I, I, I think I, I'm, I'm very conscious that every once in a while on Francine Friends, I uh, mentioned that I saw this on YouTube. I just saw this on YouTube. Actually, YouTube is my, um, when I wake up in the morning, it's my newspaper. Uh, there we go. And and people say you can't learn anything on YouTube. Yeah, of course you can. There's everything under the sun on YouTube. All the news outlets, all the documentary channels, all the yeah, everything, is. they have their own stuff on YouTube. You just have to just know what to watch, and you can gather information, valuable information. Well, there's like about the Titanic. There's thousands of things on YouTube about the Titanic. Some of it is like bullshit, but most of it is genuine documentaries that explore stuff. And so you know, and um, uh, oh, now I forgot the point. What was the point I was trying? To, you, well, anyway, on YouTube, I, I just uh, I, I watch things all the time. And uh, what was? Oh my gosh, Francie, help me! I about forgot. The, uh, what? Oh, about the uh, about the rock. Yeah, about the rock. What? And man, oh, I, I got a brain for it. Um, you saw the commercial with the catwalk. Ninety seconds. Get to your point, Nick. Oh, I can't get to my oh, point. Geez. I forgot. I forgot. I just went off about the YouTube thing, and that got me distracted about why I was saying it. I was talking about I saw something on YouTube the other day. Oh, good. Uh, I said that earlier in your show, too. Hey, I saw something about the Titanic on YouTube the other day about the nurse that lived through the past two sinks, and now she she survived the Titanic. I saw that in YouTube. Hey, but um, well, well, Pat Rock. Oh, hold on. Um, I, I got to interject really quick. I want to do a quick shout-out to Carl Ireton, who was a fan of Black Bedsheet Books and also Horror Nation, because an hour ago on Facebook, he wrote, because I can tell he's listening to the show, he wrote, Today was Easter Sunday. Due to other plans, I had to turn down an invitation to go boating with Robert Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Carl. <laughs> nice. Wow. I wish I could remember. It, it was about the pet, the rock thing, but... Oh my God! Or eBay or something? Silverware? No, I forgot now. <laughs> I'll remember it after the show. And ah. well, I rarely do that. That's that's what happens when you uh, 
when you drink and smoke pot and go and francine friends. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> My goodness. Good I love you. He's got, he's got the honesty, the like, Don Lake, the honesty of a child. <clears throat> I but love the good you. Honey. Is we, can all, we can always uh, pick it up and figure it out for next week, though. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, we're, we're going to have to catch Tom up. Uh, oh, you know what, though? As as a afterthought, um, one thing, if I was on the Titanic, that I would do, and if it was available, was get high. <laughs> I would just, well, like, you know, and then well, find that I mean, and, like, uh, uh, ride the thing down with them and, and you know, and then well, the baker. in the baker, and my, my, uh, my, my doobie would just be, like, raised above the waters trying to save it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, luckily, you know, probably the closest you can get is the fact that, uh, and it's probably still sitting in there too, but uh, the uh, ship's hospital does have six bottles of medical grade opium. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. <laughs> you know, wow. that would be really cool though if I was with that baker in the ocean and I was raising my hand up to this guy trying to save my doobie and, and that, uh, so I could smoke it. He would say, no, 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 don't, 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 don't smoke it. Extinguish it. Just write everything out with me because, you know, if you could just save that puppy, you can sell it on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much everything's for sale over there. Years later, somebody will buy it for a hundred million dollars and smoke it. Some kind of big, yeah. famous rap star, or Elon Musk. Snoop Dogg. Elon yeah, Musk. Snoop Dogg. Or Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Yeah. There'd be a bidding war. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was really funny, Nick. Hi. Yeah. Thing about the Titanic too, I think, is because not just because it was so long ago, and it was an isolated thing. There are no helicopters, and, and and there was like thousands of people that um, over the course of years we got to get to know like a lot of them through historians and research and and the whole nine yards with that and stuff. Uh, uh, I, I just I think that uh, there's there's not one single reason, but many 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 reasons why. We could still talk about it like on this show and have it not be boring. Um, there's all kinds of facets to that. That uh, I mean, let's face it, this is the first show on Francine Friends about the Titanic. And uh, it's uh, uh, the, the amount of information that's out there and conversation is phenomenal for a ship that sunk a long time ago. And a lot of ships have sunk with a lot of people dying but we talk about the Titanic because of those yep. reasons, I think. Yeah, because of the nostalgia, because over time, the more we know about the people, it gets more fascinating. And you can even just um, think of all kinds of, I mean, all kinds of movies have, like, um, referenced it, like like Time Bandits. And, um, you know, it's just, it was one of the most important points in history just because of, Everything where, you know, a lot of people ask, well, what's more? There's a lot of other things that happened in the world. And why is everybody obsessed over this, this? 
And these are the reasons. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just one of those things. A lot of people say this was the forerunner to everything that we see now, all the way through to this point in time, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and we probably happens, will eventually in the future have another Titanic show on Francine and Friends, too. Some of the past great. guests have been really cool and insightful about about that kind of thing, too. So it's like, hey, honestly, when I heard that you were uh, a Titanic enthusiast, I thought, oh, cool. It's kind of a little boring, kind of cool. But every time we talk about it, it gets more and more interesting because we, well, we joke about it, too, but the serious stuff, uh, there's there's so many layers to it. There's so many layers that it kind of does become fascinating to those who don't know any better. You know, the more you learn, the more fascinating it gets. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And, uh, you know, pretty, pretty soon we're, we're going to probably even uh, be willing to send you an invitation to come further down the rabbit hole and, you know, come into some of the groups. Uh, you know, uh, that's why Bill Willard said you, you and Francie are more than uh, welcome to come out to his annual conference and such. And, oh. uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was our guest. Yeah, he was really cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it comes as no surprise, but, uh, you know, nine times out of ten, most of us are either horror fans or science fiction fans or both. <laughs> so, uh, understandably, you'll, you'll be able to find a lot of uh, people to rub elbows with and, uh, you know, bring your notepad because you're probably going to wind up getting a whole bunch of writing ideas. Yeah, yeah. I've got a good writing idea already. Um, if I was a, a writer for Battlestar Galactica, uh, during the initial Cylon, um, you know, um, obliteration of most of mankind and everything, there would be the Battlestar Titanic, and it would be destroyed Ooh. and everything, and then the battleship Carpathia would come to and get all the survivors. Can we add James Seymour still for prosperity sake? Oh, I certainly hope so. Get all of that. Works for me then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big Battlestar Galactica fan, by the way. Yes, yes. Same here. But, you know, pretty original. The remake, not as much. I saw every episode of the remake. Because I, it was like a soap opera. I got involved in it, and, and I just wanted to see what was going to happen next. And then they did a lot of twists. But what I really hated was they, they used um, the cheap, um, uh, oh, what do you call it? Um, the, I just, you know, I mean, they, it wasn't, for one thing, all the, all the planets or just like Earth, if they weren't anything, they were just like Earth. They had grass, they had trees, they had, they didn't have any aliens. And I heard it said that uh, Edward J. James almost, when he came on board to play Adama, he insisted, "I don't want any aliens." And this, so no. it's like human beings were the only, and and they're normal Earth-like animals, like cats and dogs. That that that's it. There's no like extraterrestrial life that you encounter and stuff. And then I really hated how they didn't focus on with the Cylons. It was like it was they were people. And okay, who's a Cylon now? Oh, who's a Cylon now? And they look just like people. And it's a, and I kept thinking that's that's just a budget cop out because they couldn't afford 
special effects real robots. I, I don't know, but it's the how many sci-fi shows have you seen where normal people like species, like you know, okay, it look like a person. Is is she an alien? Is it, it's like what? It's like okay, okay. Yeah. And the Baltar character was completely different too. I like the original Baltar character, and the Imperious leader from back in the day. I love that day, and they they shortchanged him even back in the day. I wanted to get to know him like Emperor Palpatine or something. It's like uh, you just saw him from afar, pretty much. He had this wicked afro, and um, (laughs) you know, I I could go on forever about that, just like you can with the Titanic. Yeah, you know, you got Pink Lizard. You know? Yeah. But Anyway, well... Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, you know, it's one of those things. Yes, it is. You know, but knowing, knowing yes. our luck, we're going to want to see a third installment of Battlestar. The what? I said, knowing our luck, watch, we're going to see a third installment of Battlestar. Or uh, I heard every once in a while there was a a movie that they were going to make about it, but it never happened. Like a yeah. reimagining, and it would be a theatrical film, but no. Yeah. I like the original theatrical film, though, that, uh, that had those, like, uh, four-armed insectoids that, yep. that would feed their babies to the, I mean, feed the humans to their babies. It was great. I even have the soundtrack to it, and that's on Love, 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 with the, the, the chicks with the with the five the eyes. And the, yeah, that was great. That was great. Francie should be like that. Francie, you should get um, plastic surgery to give you, like, four different eyes and, like, four four mouths and and stuff. I have no idea. What yeah, are you that, doing? That would be an interesting sight. So, you know, now, but I mean, you know, now, now, go figure though, you know, take a look. We Now we've got Titanic 666 where the ghosts of the victims come back to revenge. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Tubi, I think it is. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I think I've come come across the poster for that somewhere, some advertisement for that somewhere. (laughs) Did you guys guys hear my responses? I heard something in the background, but it didn't sound like you. Yeah. All right. I have absolutely no doubt. Oh, you have that? Uh, Donald Trump. Oh, he's here. For he's Easter. in the living room. I think it's certainly possible. I think it's probably unlikely. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hanging out with Donald Trump. <laughs> he sounds uncharacteristically <laughs> unsure of himself. Well, so I mean, don't worry don't about that it. very often. <laughs> he said, "Don't worry about it." <laughs> <laughs> Ask it if you were on the Titanic, Mister Trump. Yes. What would you do, <clears throat> Donald? If you were on the Titanic, what would you do? Absolutely, 
Mm-hmm. So you would steal you would steal the silverware and sell it on eBay. We're gonna see what happens. Gonna be exciting. <laughs> <laughs> She's using a pen that I bought her for. Uh, I think for Christmas or her birthday a few years ago, and it has like an, a mysterious orb on the end of it where the eraser should be, and it glows when you ask it a question. And it... I have no idea. So, I, I, you're 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 forcing me to ask him the the mother of all questions, then, Nick. All right. Uh oh. Oh boy. So does that mean that if you uh? If you flash a laser pointer on the opposite wall, does Francie follow it? I have absolutely no doubt. <laughs> wow, so she does. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and she has, too. <laughs> she gets to it before the cat does. Oh, geez. <laughs> You know what Nick does? He points the light laser pointer at me. Yeah, I, I point it at her. I try to freak her out with it sometimes. You know what Francie does, though, is sometimes um, I, uh, when she uh, or I come back from the store, we have a paper grocery bag. I like I leave it open and put it in the middle of the living room, and Francie crawls towards it. And she puts her head in, and then she tries to climb her whole body inside. What? The <laughs> oh no, that, that's the cat. Uh, never mind. Never mind. Oh. Donald, do I do that? You never know, but I think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, now sometimes the truth hurts. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. I think so. All right, we're about to be cut off. Uh, any yeah, last words? Uh, I might, I might eat um, um, a little bit more Easter dinner and stuff, and I'll pretend that my silverware came from the Titanic. <laughs> All right, that sounds like a game plan to me. Yeah. All right, yep. love you guys. Love you, Tom. Love you too. 100%. Oh, wow. I said I love you guys, and Trump said 100%. And William, you said Tom, but we love Tom too. I yeah, know. That's why, that's, yeah, William had to, our little buddy had to abandon ship. Oh, wow. Speaking of the big that's ship. A- yeah, we love yep. we love you, Tom. Yeah, that's William. I know. Yep. I I I I told William that I love oh, okay, him. Okay, okay. That's, yeah, that, that's okay. So, I mean, I. But uh, but I will William, say this much. I, 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 I do. I, I do you. miss the. I love you too, but I uh, I miss the days of the. Uh, hey, what? Uh, which one are you? Is this is this you, Tom? William, Tom, Tom, William. Uh, <laughs> what's the, uh You know who that is? That's Sue fucking Dick. That's Sue <laughs> fucking Dick. Yeah, but, but yeah, that also used. So. I, I, 
I was actually really proud when I said, uh, when uh, I said, Sue, who do we have on the show tonight? You have Sue fucking did. I was like, holy crap, she actually said it. She actually said one time, I'm Sue fucking Dent. She sure did. Yeah, Jason, Jason Gaylord got that popular. You know who's here, Sue fucking Dent. Sue fucking Dent is here. <laughs> yeah, we gotta, we gotta get her. her back. She kind of disappeared from Facebook. She hasn't been on she it did. for a long time. She did. She disappeared. Oh, she did? Right. Oh, she disappeared, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have a little you know, put up a missing person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. missing person, person on Facebook. <laughs> it's got to be there, right? Yeah. I don't know, to be honest. Yeah, I love that little pin. All right, we're about to be cut off. William, so Nick will stop saying that I just keep saying, that you're William, I mean, that you're Tom. William, love you, buddy. Yes, love you, too. Our little oh. buddy, Tom Sawyer, love you. We will do a part two. Knickerdoodle. Looking forward to it. Knickerdoodle. Hey, maybe if we do a part two, we can actually interview some survivors. Oh. It, that might be a one-sided interview since they've all passed. So who oh. knows? <laughs> good point. Very good point. So. <laughs> and Nickerdoodle. Yes. Love you. I love you too. Aww. Trump, Trump send us out. Trump, send us out. Be sure to call Francie at 867-5309. William? Yeah. 867 No longer love you. <laughs> oh. Awesome sauce. Oh, well. Ah, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know I what's know, funny almost... is when, you, when I hear that, you remember how Aaron D. And it's funny, Aaron D. Johnston was, like, sending me photos of, uh, like, a wall. And it actually said, awesome sauce. And he sent me the photo. He's like, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> and I was like, you suck. And Aaron has that little hyper voice anyways. And it's kind of like, awesome sauce. I, I can't I can't do it, do him. But, uh, yeah, you... You get an A for effort. William, I mean, uh, yeah. Trump, does William suck ass? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, go. well, say la vie. <laughs> <laughs> That was from the man himself. All right, Trump, send us out. Okay, Trump, beam us up. Oh, we got to talk for another two hours then. I know, apparently there's more. Trump, are you going to beam us out?
did. I you saw that lady supporting? I think it's probably unlikely. Uh, <laughs> what? You, you saw that? that laser pointer? <laughs> oh, yeah, I should get it. I'll get that brown bag, too. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> I'll be entertained for hours. Or sometimes a cardboard box. If I put that in the middle of the room, she likes to, like, uh, just crawl over to it. And first she puts one hand in and then takes it out. And then she, like, starts, like, putting her feet in. And she just kind of lays in it. <laughs> now, so what? Now, what are her thoughts about catnip? Oh, I don't. Gee, I don't know. Do it. Do it. I don't. Why are you talking talking about me as if I'm not here? Oh, I don't. Uh, you're here. I don't know. I, while I'm mean, <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Francie's still here. I, I thought she. I thought she left the show. Yeah, I was wondering what happened to her. I thought she sunk with the Titanic. Uh, yeah, I thought so, too. Well, that's because I, I had guess... so much silverware in my pocket. Oh, wait, thank okay. you. Okay, on that bad joke. Everybody, good night. Love you all. Tune in next week for more exciting episodes of Brancy and Friends. There you go. I think we got this. <laughs> All right. Love you guys. Bye. Love you too. Bye. Take care. Bye. Good night, everybody. Bye.